0: This morning we have the pleasure of having Fred Klett with us. Uh, many of you uh, know Fred already. Uh, as he informed me this morning, he is the man who is known for having the ram's horn, which he brought with us uh, with him. We're excited about. Uh, but uh, Fred is involved in Chaim Ministries. That's, oh, you said that really well. Thank you. I try. I took a very little bit of Hebrew in seminary, a know enough just to be dangerous. there you go (laughs) so don't ask me to translate anything right now but I can I can pronounce Chaim so um, and uh, I'm gonna let him introduce himself uh, play a little on the ram's horn for us and uh, share with us so thank you Fred Yeah, I think if I blew the ram's horn with uh, this on, it would <laughs> it might have blown out the system, blown a circuit or something. So, anybody wants to look at that later, you can. So, our work is called Chaim, which means life in Hebrew. Uh, maybe you've seen Fiddler on the Roof or something like that, and there's a big production number, to life, to life, L'chaim. Uh, l'chaim means to life, and... Uh, it's an acronym for Christians Announcing Israel's Messiah. We started in 1989 because uh, we felt there was a need for a reformed approach to Jewish evangelism. I had worked with InterVarsity for four years as a Jewish evangelism specialist at the University of Pennsylvania, which is a campus with a huge Jewish population and uh, that was a baptism of fire because there was a professional anti-missionary on campus training his disciples to refute christians and oppose everything we were doing so uh you know we'd go out and hand out literature on the campus walk and uh they'd stand next to us and tell people not to take it we'd put up posters for an event they'd come around and tear them down Uh, so we we'd have to like go out at one in the morning and put things on and tape them onto the kiosk so (laughs) that they'd still be there in the morning. So it was an interesting uh, experience. Uh, I took a 12-week course in how to refute, (coughs) how to prove Jesus isn't the Messiah. Uh, Because I wanted to find out what he was teaching and he wanted to find out who I was. So it was an interesting time. So I was with InterVarsity for, oh, this is loud, huh? I was with InterVarsity for four years and then uh, worked at the, the last PCUSA ministry to Jewish people was in Philadelphia called the Messianic Jewish Center, I worked there for a year, Then I was encouraged to start Chaim as a reformed, distinctly reformed ministry to Jewish uh, people. The, the old PCUSA work was very dispensational, uh, so I didn't quite fit in there and they've eventually folded. Uh, so we started Chaim with that intention to reach out to Jewish people with the Gospel. Uh, we have, um, oh there we go, this has been a little slow. So our desire is to help rebuild the Reformed Witness to Jewish people. At one point in North America, there were about 15 works that were associated with Reformed churches, either Presbyterian or uh, Christian Reformed Church. Um, in the 1920s, the Presbyterian Church was the leader in Jewish evangelism. They had a conference on uh, the Christian appro- uh, Committee for the Christian Approach to the Jewish People that was connected... Uh, to what became the World Council of Churches, and the Presbyterians were leading the way in Jewish evangelism back then. As our churches suffered their own splits and liberalism and so on, we, we kind of let Jewish missions go a bit. Uh, and So our desire is to help rebuild that, and we do that in a number of ways. First of all, direct evangelism, and I'll be talking about all these things, motivating and equipping churches. Fellowship and discipleship for Jewish believers, and then reaching out to other Jewish people, not just kind of American Jews, but also Israelis, and we have Russian immigrants I'll be talking about as well. Okay, the Jewish people are what missiologists would call a hidden people, based on statistics. A hidden people is a people uh, in which less than one to two percent are believers in Jesus. The Jewish people are way under uh, 1%. <clears throat> there are about 300,000 Jewish people in the Philadelphia area. Okay? It's about one-tenth of the population of the Philadelphia area is Jewish. I have been involved in Jewish ministry there since basically 1980, uh, about. I went to seminary in '78 and was, started getting involved in Jewish ministry when I was at Westminster. So I pretty much know what's going on in Philadelphia. We had a, a coalition of Jewish ministries in Philadelphia that used to meet monthly. So I kind of know where the Jewish Christians are, the big churches, and kind of I have a feel for how many are in all those churches. If I give a very exaggerated estimate of how many Jewish Christians there are in Philadelphia, there's, I, I, can't, I can't come up with 500, okay? Now, if you have 300,000 people, <coughs> 1% would be 3,000. So let's say I'm way off, and let's triple what I think there might be. Let's say there are 1,500. I don't think there are. If there are, I don't know where they are. Uh, That would only be one half of 1% if there are 1,500, which is about double or triple my most generous estimate. So a very small percentage of Jewish people believe in Jesus. Uh, An unreached people group, they say, is one in which less than 10 to 20% are believers. A hidden people is one in which less than 1 to 2% are believers, and the Jewish people are really a hiding people group. Not just hidden, they're hiding because they're aware that Christians want to convert them and they don't want to be converted. And uh, part of that is they feel that uh, they've been persecuted by people they perceive as being Christians. Uh, they would see, you know, the Pope and Billy Graham and Adolf Hitler all as being Christians. Uh, 50% of the Jewish people live in the northeast quarter of the United States, 50% of the American Jewish population. Uh, In the the United States, we have roughly the same Jewish population as Israel. Uh, Just recently, Israel moved slightly ahead of the United States by maybe 100,000, something like that. Uh, So we have a large number of Jewish people in the United States. Most are in, say, Washington up to Boston, and then we have another uh, big group out in L.A. about half a million, and then in Southern Florida about 700,000 Jewish people. So, Northeast corridor, West Coast L.A., Southern Florida, and then other major cities um, as well. In Philly, we have about uh, 80 to 100,000 Russian speakers in Philadelphia, and about half of them are from Jewish background. This is my associate Rick Anderson who's from a conservative Jewish background. And uh, we're here in an adult daycare center. And this is an older Russian Jewish woman that took a a shine to to Rick while he was there. Old Jewish ladies like him. They like to pinch his cheeks. (laughs) (coughs) This is Rick and I reaching out to Israelis. We found out that uh, we have Israelis that come and work in the United States. Um, After their military service, a lot of times they'll come over here for a while. Uh, in the, at the New Jersey Shore, at the, we found out the t-shirt shops are often owned or run by Israelis. And so we'll go down to the shore and walk in with our t-shirts. This t-shirt says God is love in four languages. This one has Yiddish, uh, Russian, Hebrew, and English. Uh, our new version has Arabic on it because we also found as we're going to these Israeli t-shirt shops, we're finding Muslim Arabs working there with the Israelis. And they're getting along fine. They're both secular people and they're there at the boardwalk. So we put Arabic on there and that really gets attention of uh, Muslims that you have God is love in Arabic and Hebrew together. Everybody wants to know, where do you get that shirt? We get a lot of interesting conversations from the shirt. So we're involved in direct evangelism in a number of ways. Uh, We do street evangelism on a regular basis, uh, going out with uh, t-shirts or going out to train stations, going out on the street and handing out literature and talking to people. Uh, this is uh, a volunteer a number of years ago. He has a shirt that says, Lahaya, Messiah gives eternal life. This is down on South Street in Philadelphia, where all the. How many of you are old enough to know the song, Where Do All the Hippies Meet? South Street, South Street, the hippest street in town? Okay, if few you, of the older guard, <laughs> we remember that song. Well, it's still the hippest street in town, so we go down there and do evangelism and meet some interesting characters. Uh, We also do mall evangelism, particularly in the winter, just go into malls and we found the kiosks in these malls are often, uh, if it's hand cream from the Dead Sea, it's Israelis trying to sell you Dead Sea hand cream. Uh, But we also find uh, people from Russia working in these or from the former Soviet Union. Uh, So we'll go into into malls and try to uh, contact people. Uh, We have DVDs, a Jesus film DVD in about uh, 10 languages we'll give out to people because we meet people from all different countries. Um, Follow-up of referrals, of course, if we meet somebody, or if somebody says, hey, I have a Jewish friend you want to meet with, maybe you can help me and my witness, we're, we're open for that. Uh, we do evangelism in the Russian-Jewish community. Um, as I said, we have about 100,000 Russian immigrants, uh, half of whom are Jewish, but then uh, another group of them are from Central Asia, and God has opened the door for us to reach them as well. Um, there are some churches in the Russian community, Russian-speaking community. They're not Russians. Most of them are from Ukraine. But only about one to two percent of those people go to church at all, because they come from a secular communist country where the church was suppressed. The Russian Baptists tend to be they were very isolated in their culture. They're very legalistic, they're very Armenian. Uh, my associate pastor, who's a Russian speaker, um, went to a Russian Baptist church recently and listened to an hour-long sermon, didn't hear the gospel at all, just heard, um, don't gossip, it was a whole sermon on gossip, which is okay, that's great, we shouldn't, shouldn't gossip, but there wasn't any mention of the gospel at all and in the whole service, yet this is, this is a supposedly very conservative Baptist church. So we feel there's a, a great need in the Russian community for a reformed church. It's going to preach the gospel and not be legalistic. They're very legalistic. In fact, the uh, Russian Baptists are more like Mennonites, and the women have you know, head coverings and long uh, dresses and that sort of thing. So, so that's part of our work. And then uh, different outreach events that we do. Uh, we have uh, holiday programs, and we've had concerts and things like that over the years. And then the congregational plant we're planting, Rock of Israel PCA which is a (laughs) long-term congregational plant. When you're planting from scratch among an unreached people, it takes you, you you can't do that in three years. Uh, It might take you 10, 15, 20 years. We have a couple projects like that in Philadelphia. We have an Albanian church plant, we have a Chinese church plant, and I've talked to those brothers doing that, and they're saying, yeah, we're looking at, we're not gonna be uh, self-supporting, self-propagating and self-governing church for, 15 years probably it'll take because you have people come to faith and you disciple them. It might take five years for them to come to faith. So, when are they going to become an elder? You know, they might come to faith and they're, they're divorced or they're in the middle of some situation or they're, they're illegal. They're getting their immigration status together. So, it takes a while. <clears throat> this is Rick and I at the uh, boardwalk. And uh, this one has Arabic on it. So, you have uh, Elohim Hu Ahava, that's uh, Hebrew, and then you have Bogist. Lubov, that's Russian, and then uh, Allah Mahaba, uh, God is love in uh, in Arabic as well. So we have fun with the shirts. Uh, this is one of the T-shirt shops. Rick uh, is an interesting guy. He has an uncanny memory, and he's memorized whole books of the Bible. And he told me that when he first came on staff with us. And I said, well, and then he told me his father did Shakespearean acting, is it? And I said, Rick, why don't you dress up as a prophet? And recite Isaiah or dress up as Paul and recite the whole book of Hebrews, which he can do. So uh, he, he did. <laughs> so he took my advice, and he, he is a, he, he's, he's an interesting guy. I mean, the, the way his mind works, he can just memorize whole books of the Bible, something I can't. Uh, but I have other gifts that he doesn't, so it, it works out. He's a great guy. Rick grew up in a very Orthodox Jewish background, or not, or very conservative. Orthodox leaning background let me put it that way conservative Judaism is the middle kind of middle road Judaism and some of them are more Orthodox leaning some of them are more liberal, so he grew up in a more religious uh, Jewish background had his bar mitzvah that's a rite of passage that when you become a man in the synagogue and uh, What's interesting is family rejected him when he came to faith he came to faith on on his college campus Uh, a messianic Jewish speaker was coming and the opposition put up posters and told people don't read Isaiah 53 because the Christians are gonna tell you that's speaking of Jesus, and it's not. So don't read Isaiah 53. Well, of course, Rick was saying, well, why not? What is it? Now I wanna read it. And he read it and he said, well, I think that is Jesus. Uh, more Jewish people have come to faith by reading Isaiah 53 probably than anything else. So if you have one shot, open the Bible, let them read Isaiah 53 and ask him who they think it is about. And a lot of times they'll say, That must be Jesus, it's from the New Testament. You say, no. That's 500 years before Jesus was born. (coughs) So Rick came to faith, and uh, his family wasn't happy about it. But his father, on his deathbed, told his mother, I want you to set aside money for Rick to go to a good Bible school. And so after his father died, uh, Rick's mother told him that, and he decided to go to Westminster. And that's where I met him. I had him as a student, and now he works with me on staff. Uh, this is uh, a team of people going out on the 4th of July. Uh, Rick's on the right, my wife is on the left. The couple in the middle are Paul and Debbie Dean, and uh, they're real uh, stalwarts in our congregation. Debbie's from a Southern Jewish background. She's a Southern girl, but she's Jewish. So there are some Jews in the South, and she's, she's one of them. So she's very much a Southern girl, but she's Jewish. And her husband, Paul, a very, very brilliant uh, guy, works for ETS. I'm not sure who the other guy was. He was a volunteer that year. So here we are downtown in Philadelphia by Penn's Landing for uh, July 4th uh, festivities, which are big in Philadelphia, giving out literature and talking to people. Here I am downtown on the streets in Philly. Here's Rick. This is a great picture. Uh, This is University of Pennsylvania campus. And I, I have this picture not because this was so effective. But I got this idea thinking, let's have Rick go down to University of Pennsylvania College campus, dress up as the prophet Isaiah, And I got him a, uh, he's he's actually wired for sound with a portable amp. And he's out there giving out the, you know, uh, book of Isaiah. Nobody paid attention to him. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the interesting thing was that same day on campus, they had a a hazing for a fraternity. And so he's out there preaching about it, you know, from Isaiah. And there's a bunch of naked guys running around on campus. And it's just, we're just part of the scene, you know. So... (laughs) I thought this might get people's attention, but apparently people thought it was another fraternity hazing or something, I don't know what, so, uh, but it's a good picture, so I include it. Uh, this is my um, Levitical assistant, Dan Levy. Dan helps me in the office and is very zealous for evangelism. Uh, I kid him all the time, he's, he's Levy, so he's from the tribe of Levi, and I tell him, Dan, we, we don't need you guys anymore, we have the ultimate high priest, and he laughs. But uh, he does, he's very zealous for evangelism. He helps me in the office as well once a week. He's off for the summer, so my receding has been a little slow. Uh, here's Dan and Rick and another friend doing evangelism down at a train station in Philadelphia. <clears throat> this is me a few years ago at, a, at a, um, a fair, a community fair, with a book table. I was next to the communists, I think. Uh, this is a team from a church out in the streets in, uh, in front of a tattoo parlor on South Street. Uh, Here we are just from this um, 4th of July. Uh, The fellow on the left, uh, it was born in Uzbekistan, he's one of our Uzbek people, and Richard is on the right, we're down at uh, Penn's Landing during the fireworks, and uh, we made up a shirt this year uh, that says, uh, freedom, uh, Messiah has set us free, freedom from sin and from death and to serve God, and we have a track that went with that, and we gave those out, so this was just from a couple, you know, July 4th celebrations a couple weeks ago. Here's Rick in action, kind of mugging for the camera. He doesn't always look so silly. Uh, this is him more seriously, <laughs> uh, talking to people during the big July 4th celebrations. Here I am down there. Uh, so that's uh, direct evangelism in different ways. I mean, we 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 try a lot of different things. We've done door to door, as you can tell, mall evangelism, street evangelism, different events, and so on. Uh, Motivating equipping the church, this is me at the General Assembly blowing my big shofar. Going out and doing Passover Seders for churches. Uh, People invite Jewish friends to these Seders and also learn how the Passover relates to Jesus and how to uh, talk about Jesus in the context of the Passover. Uh, This is at a big church in Philadelphia. I did a a presentation on the Feast of Tabernacles, and it was interesting. All the Sunday school classes came in every age, all the way from real little kids all the way to high school kids. So I had to kind of, every every five or ten minutes, change my <laughs> style for, for the age that was there. The little kids were the most interesting. The high school kids were kind of, huh. <laughs> uh, this is a Passover Seder, and a Jewish lady who came who wasn't a believer, that often happens. Uh, this is a recent Passover Seder at one of the new, newer churches in Philadelphia, uh, Liberty Church. Uh, we have a couple of new church plants, Liberty Churches, kind of, Young people-oriented, this was a Seder I did for them uh, in a home. So we have about 25 people there. Uh, Going out and talking about the different Jewish holidays to educate churches. Uh, Teaching and publishing and writing. I've had uh, articles in a few different places. uh, Table talk and... uh, i had an article on jewish mysticism in uh, on global wizardry by peter jones peter specializes in educating the church about neo-paganism uh... we have a newsletter by the way that i put out quarterly and uh... i'm, I'm going to pass this clipboard around if anybody would like to s- receive our quarterly newsletter uh... we don't send out like constant harangues for funds so i'll send out a quarterly newsletter and i might have a little blurb in there saying we could use some help but it's not like we're constantly sending letters every month to raise funds. Uh, But if you'd like to get our quarterly, you're welcome to do that. It's free. And then uh, we have people that come to faith, and we need to disciple them and minister to them. Uh, This is from our Rock of Israel congregation. Uh, Had a special night on the Feast of Tabernacles. On the left is Izzy. Uh, Izzy is from a Jewish background from Moldavia, He's been coming out faithfully for 10 years, he now professes faith at long last, not quite ready to be baptized, uh, and that's uh, an issue right now. <clears throat> he uh, helps out with a little synagogue in his apartment house, it's all Russian, and he said it would break, break their heart if he became baptized. He was more concerned about the older woman that helps organize this synagogue service, so we're kind of dealing with that in a discipleship way with Izzy, but he's an interesting character. Uh, This is me doing some teaching in Israel, uh, training uh, Christians in Israel who were uh, elders of different congregations there. This is a class I had a couple years ago over there. It's another uh, church down in Ashkelon that I trained their elders. Uh, It's not something I do that often, but every once in a while I'll get invited to do that. Here's preaching in a church uh, outside of Tel Aviv. Uh, one of the main ways that we uh, disciple and evangelize is uh, through Rock of Israel church plant. Uh, this is um, our little congregation. We felt there's a need. As I said, there are 80 to 100,000 Russian speakers in Philly. Half are Jewish, so you're talking about you know, 40, 50,000. Uh, there are other nationalities present, Russian, Ukrainian, Georgian, Uzbeks, Kyrgyz, Azerbaijanis. Uh, The first guy that I met was from Azerbaijan. Uh, I mentioned also the Russian Baptists. Uh, I think we're unique in that we're PCA, we're Reformed. We're reaching out to Jewish people, also to Muslims and secular people who may not quite culturally fit in with the Russian uh, Baptists. Uh, This is early days at Rock of Israel. I was helping with worship back then. Uh, That's one of our first meetings. Um, Right here gives you an interesting example. On the left is a man named Yasha Hanukkah and Yasha is from Azerbaijan, he's a uh, uh, what's called a mountain Jew, a Persian Jew. There are Jews that are not Ashkenazi Jews, like from Eastern Europe. He speaks actually a dialect of Farsi as well as Russian. Uh, He comes out and is very open. He and his wife come out. I have a picture of his wife later. He's not a believer yet, but he's open and a good friend. Next to him is Orfan Alekparov. His mother's Jewish, mountain Jewish, his father's Muslim. He was my first Russian immigrant contact 20 years ago. Uh, He came to faith, I discipled him, and he's great in inviting out other people. Uh, The fellow on the right um, is uh, one of his old friends from Azerbaijan, uh, who he brought out, who's from a Jewish background as well. This is uh, one of our our get-togethers. To the right is Orfan's daughter and his wife Sevda. Sevda is Muslim. Uh, But she's been coming out faithfully and now professes faith in Jesus. She's not quite ready to be baptized, but she'll say she believes. sebda has been fighting liver cancer for five years, and miraculously she survived five years. Uh, They recently found some more cancer, so pray for Sebda to really come to faith. Uh, Natasha is one of our regulars. Her husband is Jewish, and she's worked in a synagogue. So she's not Jewish, but she's kind of connected. This is one of the little Russian markets. Uh, Here I am with, um, this is a young man, Eugene Alkali, and his wife. Eugene is from Romania. He came to faith a number of years back, and uh, he's a concert pianist, well-known. He was sponsored by Leonard Bernstein, so he came out and did a concert for us while he was in Philadelphia. Uh, Again, this is some of our our people. Uh, To the right is a Kyrgyz couple. Uh, They're from a Central Asian country, Kyrgyzstan. Uh, This is our uh, man that plays piano for us once a month, Ilya Schmaltz, Uh, and he's from Lithuania, and this is uh, him entertaining some people after an event. Uh, This is uh, one of the local restaurants. We were doing evangelism uh, in the neighborhood there with a volunteer team. Again, this is one of our uh, gatherings, a Passover Seder. A lot of people come out to that extra people. This is uh, a feast of uh, uh, Purim. Festival. read the book of Esther and Yaboo, the bad guy's name. It's a lot of fun. So we do uh, all the Jewish holidays and preach Christ from them every year. Uh, this was our congregational poet, David, who just died this spring. Uh, David, after, after services during announcements, would get up and read a poem that he wrote uh, for the occasion. So we really miss David. He died uh, in February. Uh, his daughter and granddaughter still come out. Uh, and this is uh, an Uzbek family. Uh, and the older woman in red, she just died about a month ago and we had to minister to her family and help the daughter through funeral arrangements, and all, funeral arrangements. Uh, so this is Shaknoza and Manera, who just died and her grandson David uh, this is Miriam, Miriam is uh, an American Jewish woman who came out and had a real attitude of saying you're not going to convert me but she's been coming for a couple of years now and she came up to me and she said you know I don't believe like you do yet but you brought me a lot closer to God. So we're, she's, her heart's softening gradually, but it's, it's, it's taking a while. She's quite a character who likes to kind of take charge of things. So she, she really pitches in and helps. So we appreciate that. Uh, this is Jean and Sevda. We had in our home a big uh, Easter uh, gathering. Um, so that's Sevda again and my wife Jean. This is a little girl named Diora, and she's from Uzbekistan. Her mother... Uh, here, Martha, her real name was Marhaba, uh, Martha came to faith and got baptized in our congregation. When she first coming, started coming out to worship, her husband stood outside in the parking lot after services and yelled and screamed at her. Uh, he didn't want her to be coming out to services, uh, but he's kind of mellowed down. We've met him. He still hasn't come out to anything. But Martha has a real zeal for evangelism now. She's told me she wants to go out and do evangelism. Uh, which is pretty pretty exciting. She she was educated as a physician, in uh, Uzbekistan. Uh, this is um, <coughs> uh, Margret Hanukkah and she's just a lovely woman from a, a Persian Jewish background from Azerbaijan, and she's just a real nice lady and comes out to things and we love her. Uh, these are some other Jewish men here, Michael and Anatoly in, in the green, uh, the brown green. They're friends of Izzy's, and they come out to they'll come out to parties and holiday program. So we have kind of our core group, and then we have, you know, going out to people that come out to different events. And Atoli's a harmonica player, and I have a couple of harmonicas I'm going to give him, because I I play and sell them, too. Uh, This is us at a Russian uh, festival with a book table reaching out to the community. They have different cultural events, people from different Soviet countries, uh, some of the dancers and things like that. And So we'll put up a Our sukkah booth, we'll put up a big banner, we have a book table, sometimes I'll do music at the table and we'll talk to uh, some of the Russian immigrants as they come around. This is Vitaly, who works with me, he's from Kyrgyzstan. He's Russian from Kyrgyzstan. and He just got his uh, final green card immigration status and uh, so we're glad he's going to stay around now. We're stuck with him now. Uh, We brought him over from Kyrgyzstan. Long story, I won't tell it all now, but the Lord provided him and sent him over. Uh, Current projects, we just had a street campaign during July 4th. Uh, We'll be doing some boardwalk evangelism this summer, of course, keeping on with Rock of Israel, keeping on with uh, Jesus Film DVD distribution as we meet people, uh, going shopping and and other places. Uh, I have a new staff possibility in in, uh, South Florida who's a a PCA teaching elder who was working with another Jewish ministry. It looks like he's going to be coming on staff with us. I just talked to him and send him the application, so I'm excited about that, Uh, need prayer about that. I'd like to recruit somebody younger though than him even, because I want to recruit somebody who's going to take over for me, (laughs) maybe five, ten years, I don't know, we'll see. But uh, pray for us to find new staff, I'd love to see somebody out in LA area, Uh, and I'd love to see somebody who can kind of direct the ministry and take over who'd, who'd be younger, carry it to the next generation. And uh, I've got some writing projects that I'm trying to find time for. So uh, I'm hoping to write a book on sharing the Messiah, really from a Reform perspective. So I want to thank you for standing with us. I think I've taken up all my time. Uh, But if you have any questions, you can see me. Uh, Again, there's the newsletter clipboard circulating around. It'll be on the back table. Please take as much of that literature as you want so I don't have to schlep it back to Philadelphia. I (laughs) have room in my bag for the goodies that you gave me. So uh, thank you so much, and uh, please take a look at, uh, the back table, we have different uh, pamphlets in Russian and in English, and I have one about uh, different Reformed people's views on the Jewish people and Jewish revival. So thank you so much.